This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back to Dollars and Change. I'm Sandy Hunt. And I'm Cheryl Coolman. And we are delighted that you're here with us on this beautiful back-to-school day here on Penn's campus. This is Sirius XM Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, and you're listening to Dollars and Change, a show where we talk about business for good. In this next segment, we're going to be talking to Morgan Berman. She's the founder and CEO of My Milk Crate. There's a lot that uh, our listeners can learn about startup social entrepreneurship and um, and also measuring impact yep, from Morgan. Yep. So Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. We're glad to have you. I am a I'm a Ram fan. You're a Philly U grad as my my sister just graduated as a uh, physician assistant l- oh, earlier wow. this month from Philly U. Exactly. So oh, congrats to her. Big fans and nice to have a a neighbor in the Philadelphia, you know, education ecosystem on on the show with us. So let's start at the very beginning. We did not have to tell our listeners what Make-A-Wish was, but Milk Crate isn't, is not yet quite, quite the same quite brand. Then, just, just yet. So tell us a little bit about uh, what Milk Crate is. Absolutely. So we are a Philadelphia-based tech company that helps large groups track and grow their impact with a gamified app, kind of like a Fitbit for doing good. So we work with big corporations, universities, schools, um, all kinds of groups that want to engage their audience in doing good in the world through a custom game-like experience on, on a custom app. Got it. And this was your master's thesis at Philly it U. Was, so, it was originally, yeah, that's where it all started. So, um, so what did, you know, what, what sort of spurred that concept? Well, it was, you know, I had been, I just moved into West Philadelphia and I was kind of joining my local food co-op and learning how to ride a bike in the city. I was composting <laughs> with worms in my kitchen Ooh. and I kept thinking, yeah, you know, and I was like, I'm trying to figure out how to be this like greener, more thoughtful urban dweller. And I was spending a lot of time doing research and figuring out how to do it. And I kept thinking, you know, if this if this city and if this world is ever going to kind of be what we hope it could become, where everyone has access to food and clean water and can meet their basic needs and live in a more sustainable society, everyone has to be able to live this way. And it has to be easy and even fun uh, and better and easier to do than maybe doing the wrong thing. So how do we make it easy and fun for people to do good in their daily lives? And after kind of exploring a more consumer-facing model, we wound up pivoting a year and a half ago to this more business-to-business where we provide a platform to help em- uh, employers engage their employees in doing good, both at work and at home through corporate social responsibility programs. We work with nonprofits who are engaging their members or their clients doing good. Um, it's, it's a really cu- flexible platform, but at the heart of it, it's really about helping people do good in their lives and live their values uh, and get rewarded for it in a fun kind of competitive way. So you talked about having, uh, you know, started off as a consumer uh, facing one and now you're mm-hmm. going to the corporations. Mm-hmm. What drove that that pivot and that change? Well, we 
we have been experiencing a lot of uh, enthusiasm for the concept of what we are doing and for our product, but we hadn't quite figured out the business model and the growth strategy. And so one of the things I, you know, was figuring out as a CEO is how to match our mission with our market mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and the fact that we wanted to have a triple bottom line, but we also needed to figure out our bottom line. <laughs> and so um, when we learned that 75% of the S&P 500 is reporting on corporate social responsibility and sustainability, and we learned that those same CSR, corporate social responsibility directors, struggle with the same kind of pain points around engaging employees, tracking and analytics, and doing it in an affordable way, we realized if we give our users what they keep asking for, which is basically more of a game-like experience, we will provide this engaging platform to these CSR and sustainability directors at these, you know, Fortune 500 companies, and suddenly employees will have the the tool they need to live their values, and employers will have the data to show that they're they're a workforce that is committed to the values of their employees, and you know, impress their stakeholders and all of that. And what, good stuff. Morgan? What trends are you seeing, you know, sort of broadly that you think are driving the, you know, these mm. demands for? transparency and data because they are things we hear time and time again and one of the reasons that your your product and your venture seems to immediately resonate but what's changing in the ecosystem that you think is causing that well i think there's been some kind of pivotal moments in particularly my generation's like uh ascendance to adulthood (laughs) (laughs) um economic and political where there's been some both kind of light spots of hope but also some dark spots of kind of disillusionment with pre-existing systems and also lifestyle choices. You know, we've seen our our parents' generation uh, put in hours and hours and years and years at the same firm only to, you know, no longer have any job security. And this idea of putting all of your, your life into a job that maybe doesn't match your values feels kind of hollow. And that, that materialism that can kind of build from you know, living for your paycheck and and building wealth no longer resonates as strongly with my generation. I think we're much more values-driven and purpose-driven in how we live our lives and and where we work and spend our time. And so a company, you know, a product like ours that both helps companies connect with their employees, but then also helps their employees connect directly with their values. I think that's a big part of what resonates. And it also, it kind of unleashes that sense of personal power when maybe political um, and economic systems don't uh, necessarily empower all people all the time. So let's try to um, spell this out a little bit for for our listeners. Yeah. So, Sandy, and I would love if there are any listeners who lead companies and are struggling with this, please give us a call one eight four four Wharton. Yeah. So how does it how does it exactly work? So, uh, Sandy and I work at the University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. the large yeah. employer in the in the uh, city Th- of third, Philadelphia, third largest yeah. in the state. Let's say that let's say that pen <laughs> adopts my milk crate. Yeah. What what do how, how do Sandy and I get involved? What are we what are we doing? Are we you know? That's a great question. And I actually just had lunch last week with a couple of decision makers at Penn about Ooh. this, and we are working on it. Hey, so our fingers are crossed. Send, if you want to send me, uh, I, I don't want to flood his inbox, although he told me to. He said, I want students and employees at Penn to flood my inbox saying they want milk crate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are our people. <laughs> So I guess, you know, that is one. Let's thing name names. Let's give out that email address on the, uh, on the phone. Who are we talking about here? Provost, president? No. Uh, uh, so it's actually the director of sustainability. Oh, that's a good person to be uh, working on this. We'll, we'll, send a, we'll send a shout out to him. So let's, yeah. say, so let's say this, this takes off. 
you know, let's say it's it's Thanksgiving. So and how are Sandy and I going to change our lives? Is yeah. there a result of milk, milk crate coming? Absolutely. So um, every month has a different theme, food, waste, energy, transportation, things like that. And the way that um, you would experience the app is, so say on a, a, a Monday morning, you would get a push notification that says, Good morning. Welcome to, uh, you know, waste week. This week, you know, we're going to challenge you to improve your waste. And then if you open that push notification, it would open up a section in the app showing you a series of challenges for the week, including things like um, click here to sign up for this composting service uh, where you get 10 points for doing that or click here to attend an event where you can sign up for your own worm bin. And that's five points. Or click here to read an article about how you can reduce your waste consumption at home and deal with things like batteries, and you get a point for reading that article. So each week has a series of different challenges that then the client can customize in case maybe they have their own pen-oriented waste event going on, Mm -hmm. then pen can actually get their content on the platform too. So it's not just about the content we've created, it's really about providing a central location for all of the amazing things that Penn is already doing around the environment, as well as opportunities for more things. And so do um, the the week, the the theme of each week, that's consistent across all the different employers that you have, right? Uh, it actually, de- it depends. Oh, okay. We customize all the, cli- the content. Wow. Each client gets their own app. Uh, it's actually really easy for us to do that. And so we make uh, an individual app for each client, and they can customize their content before the the program even launches before their app launches and then as it's running the milk crate team can add new content and the client also has the ability to add new content it's just as easy as you know creating an event on facebook or something you just fill in a couple fields and then it goes live that's great and I, you know i imagine that's very valuable to the organizations because i'm thinking you know here at penn there are going to be different seasons, you know, maybe the week that students move out of their dorms, there's often, mm-hmm. you know, a, a big opportunity for sort of like donating you know, your, donating your right. goods and, you know, recycling or reusing and not putting Absolutely. things to trash. So that's one that could be sort of tailored. Very cool. Um, so talk yeah. to us a little bit about, you know, as an organization like yours grows and pivots, what advice you have for other social entrepreneurs? Because Cheryl and I, you know, this is one thing we're very impressed with is it's hard mm-hmm. to see the social entrepreneurs yeah. who can pivot so quickly. You know, mm-hmm. what, what has allowed you to do that? What advice do you have for other social entrepreneurs to do so with equal grace? That's a wonderful question. Thank you. Um, The biggest piece of advice I give everyone is find a mentor or an existing company that is doing something that reflects the kind of success you want to have and and kind of latch on to them, either as a mentor, as an inspiration, so that you can use them as a guidepost. And that will help you kind of course correct along the way and help keep you honest about what does success really look like um, for you. And then to have hopefully some mentors that can give you advice along the way that you keep in the loop over and over again, and they can watch your company grow and help keep you honest. Um, Because that's one thing that I know a lot of entrepreneurs and and everyone can, we all have these blind spots about ourselves. And so for me, for a long time, it was, well, you know, the money will come later. The money will come later. We'll figure Mm -hmm. out the business model later. And eventually I had to acknowledge, you know, it had been a couple years and we weren't much closer and I really had to do something drastic. And I really developed a practice of um, not shying away from the things that scare me and trying to confront fear 
I actually have been uh, com- training and competing in Brazilian jiu-jitsu now for over a year <laughs> as a kind of, that helps me both mentally and physically do that same kind of practice of diving into what hurts and is scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, fun. So uh, those are those are two big things. It's kind of like finding mentors, having, uh, you know, a guidepost or a role model or an inspiration in a company that, you know, can, you can strive towards. Um, and then also kind of, paying attention to your blind spots and, and confronting any fear or insecurity you might have about those blind spots. So you talked about the importance of, of finding a, a, a mentor in a company mm-hmm. that you kind of respect and admire. To what extent was the decision to pivot something that you came mm-hmm. upon? And to what extent was yeah. it somebody else saying, Megan, uh, sorry, Morgan, time for you to really face this? Yeah, no, it was definitely a mentor and you know, like there was the long kind of learning curve that I was going through where I was collecting information and trying to pay attention to, you know, all these little experiments of what's going to work and what Mm -hmm, isn't. mm -hmm. But then they're also, and I I was just, I emailed all of my mentors and advisors yesterday um, because we actually just launched an updated website, uh, part of our four-year anniversary last week. Oh, Um, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) MyMilkCrate.com. So part of, I sent out this email to my advisors um, thanking them for everything that they had contributed, but one in particular, and he knows who he is. He was the one that really like put my feet to the fire, uh, about two years, about a year and a half, two years ago and said, you know, you have to sell what you have today. You need to find someone who values your technology, your content, what milk crate has to offer needs to be valuable to a large, uh, client and, and really valuable to them. And who can that be? And Uh that's when I started researching, you know, corporate social responsibility um, as a market and, and looking at that space. And that's when it started to really come together. Um, since then, what was really unexpected and wonderful is as we started to have success in the corporate space um, with, you know, a huge tech company in Philly, you may have heard of. <laughs> big um, building, right? Yeah, they've got a couple of big buildings. <laughs> um, uh, a local university that happens to also be my ma- alma mater and happens to also now be called Jefferson <laughs> instead of Philly U. You know, we'd started to have some traction and then nonprofits started to reach out and they said, well, you know, our members, you know, we want to engage them in, in, you know, behaviors related to our mission and, oh. and what we're doing and we want to educate them and not necessarily around sustainability, but maybe around other kinds of social impact, like going to museums and engaging kids and going to museums or we want to engage you know, youth uh, and young adults in eating well, and how can we use your platform to challenge them to eat well? And we were like, wow, this is such an interesting use case, and it so fits. So now we're working with nonprofits, big and small, that are engaging their target audience, their members, you know, whoever their user group is, in tracking and growing certain kinds of behavior over time using our gamified app. Wow. And now would, yeah. would a user, let's say you're, you know, let's say it's me and I'm both you know an employee here at the University of Pennsylvania and involved in some local nonprofits if could could you sort of have the app with the presence and sort of push of both stakeholder groups that you're part of meaning to the same user yes it is definitely a possibility I I can't wait to have that problem (laughs) so many clients that we have overlap amongst all the users in the world um that's certainly not a challenge we're facing yet, but bring it on. <laughs> bring Excellent. It on. And another thing I want to just comment on to, to underline your your uh, your great answer there is the importance for, for people who are mentors or board members of social enterprises and nonprofits. You know, very often the, you know, 
the driving factor or the driving motivation behind doing that can be like, this feels really good. And here's this like yeah. great young social entrepreneur I'm excited to support or this great nonprofit. And and often I, I see individuals who don't hold themselves to the same level of rigor mm-hmm, and sort mm-hmm. of um, tough love and difficult yeah. conversations that would Absolutely. show up in their in their quote unquote day job. Uh-huh. And so it's great to, I mean, whoever that board member or mentor is that sort of, you know, lit a fire under your butt and said this, you know, you've got, you've got to do this. You've got to find a way yeah. to commercialize it. That's not the fun part of mentorship, right? right and that's not the fun part of being on a nonprofit board, but I really tip my hat to them and want to encourage, you know, our listeners who, who play that role in someone's life to think about, you know, are they, are they having hard conversations that are going to let people have you know, of the perspective you do in two years. Well, and I think it's, um, it certainly is the hard conversation, but it also gives you permission to pivot, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, well, I, I came in, yep. I got them on and this model, and can I change? And sometimes somebody's saying, not only do you have permission to pivot, you really need to. You is, must. Yeah, yeah. really helpful. That's a great point, Cheryl, right? That reluctance of like, everyone got excited and, and funded my Kickstarter and you know, people volunteered, and what if I change now? But yeah. they really just want to see you survive yeah. as well, a venture. And, and Morgan, so I have a question then about um, the activities and challenges that you're doing. Let's say uh-huh. I'm, I've got my, I'm a worm composting company. Uh-huh. How, how do yeah. I, how do I get on your radar as, as oh. part of that challenge? Absolutely, yeah. So we actually have relationships with a bunch of different companies um, that we, you know, include in the app. So if they're interested, they can literally just email us right now, um, info at mymilkrate.com, and we can, you know, figure out where they would fit in with which clients during which uh, themed months, and then we can set that up. Yeah, yeah, any kind of sustainable uh, social or environmental impact service provider or product um, we can definitely incorporate them into the challenges uh, as long as the client, you know, wants them in there. Yeah, because I think what's interesting about about that angle is you had talked about it being fun and easy to live the kind of sustainable, green, value-driven life that you want. And mm-hmm. it's often not easy, right? Mm-hmm. Because trying right. to figure out who's around and doing what can be very difficult. I mean, you, yep. you can spend some time on it, but... If, if if there's somebody there who sort of says, oh, did you know there's a composting service in West Philadelphia and you can uh-huh. sign up for that, it, it really does take some of that legwork out of stuff. And I think that people yep. want to do – to be more thoughtful about how they're living and where they're spending the money. And we yeah. hear that a lot on the show and that sometimes it really is just sort of saying, "Give make it easy for me. Give me the information in ways that I can – Learn exactly. more, use, and understand, and and then I can act. But otherwise, you get this paralysis of having too many decisions to make or too much information to have to find. Yeah, and I think yeah. you know part of I'm excited. I'm like, can I get on this app right now? Can <laughs> individuals get on if they're not? His email address. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> okay. Can individuals join? Like listeners who are just like, oh, this would be cool. Um, not right now, but what we, we are offering free trials to groups of any size. So if you have like a student group or a, you know, even a book club all the way up to some sort of like professional association, um, uh, that you can kind of control, or if you want to put us in touch with, you know, a, a CSR sustainability director, a head of HR, um, those are the kind of people that can, you know, implement this across the whole organization. Um, but yeah, we, if you just go to our website, mymilkrate.com and click, um, you know, there's a free trial button under our pricing. Uh, and you can also, there's a request a demo. So both of those are ways to kind of get 
the ball rolling so that you can experience Mill Crate for yourself and your community. And if you are a Penn student or a Penn employee and you want Mill Crate at Penn, I encourage you to email Daniel G at upenn.edu. <laughs> there we go. And and if a small business wanted to take this on, because I'm thinking about my mom's a small business owner, and mm-hmm. and she just texted with that question. <laughs> I won't even vain. Oh. It's my own great question. But you know, when you're someone like her, you know, you got a small business. You're you know a few employees. You're obviously going to be really focused on getting done what needs to get done in your business. Yeah. But, you know, she's got a great heart and she would love for her employees to be able to, like, do more and do better yeah, for themselves absolutely. health-wise and do better for the world. Especially if it's fun and not yeah, over. Yeah, but designing right? that programming, like, yep. you know, geez, she already works 80-hour weeks. She doesn't need to wake up and go, like... And she's a grandma. And she's a grandma. She's a hardworking <laughs> grandma and a hardworking, uh, you know, business owner. And so, she, obviously, it's, it's a lot of burden to go, okay, what's this week's... I got to go, what, like, yeah. find a composting nonprofit? Like, <laughs> yes. no, no thanks. Like, with, yeah, we meet with clients all the time that... Um, you know, there's a small business in Philadelphia that we met with. They had two people part-time challenging all the employees to uh, walk to work, attend a yoga class, um, recycle. And, you know, they were doing all of these challenges and they were having the employees actually write down on paper. And then they were like tallying it on paper and assigning rewards oh. and prizes. Oh. And we were like, guys, you are amazing. You're literally like the Stone Age version of Milk Crate. <laughs> so, Morgan, now let me ask uh, a question that's near and dear to all of our hearts. You are collecting a lot of data. Yeah. You're collecting a lot Give of information. your data, Morgan. <laughs> so, do you have plans for figuring out what you're going to do with that? Yeah, I actually, we also had a Wharton professor uh, come in on Monday um, to talk to us about uh, engagement and data. And um, yeah, we are very, trying to very guess who it was. excited about what we can do with that, both to make the user experience better. Uh, I mean, really, that's like the main focus, right? It's like the more data we have, the better we can make the product. I'd say yes, um, and. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. There, there's probably some other applications out there, and we definitely are excited to work with um, schools like Wharton and other groups yeah. that can help uh, help us think about that. So we're we're open to suggestions. Yeah. Um, I think it's neat too because we had. I mean, it's it's a, a little bit of a stretch parallel, but we had someone on who did a. Um, sort of mental health crisis hotline via texting. And they, with the data, they were able to sort of do these great predictive analytics and uh-huh. imagining that you could do the same. Like, what's the yeah. gate? What's the gateway activity, right? When, you know, what's the small nudge that seems to sort of then make people behave differently? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, mm-hmm. after we do the week where it talks about whatever, for this, you know, for this demographic of college students, the week that focuses on, you know, waste really then triggers a deeper engagement from them. And that could, yep. you know, really ripple into a ton of, you know, better design yeah, programming. Yeah. yeah. This if is so neat. Stop by the office. We can give you a demo and you can keep giving us. We ideas. will. We have, we have, you know, we're, <laughs> Cheryl and I are sort of like writing notes to each other right now. Like, can, we, can we pilot this with a student group? We've got some yeah. student groups who would definitely be interested and, and we'll certainly send our emails along. Um, but this is fantastic. We're coming into the last minute of the sh- of the segment, which is a bummer because there's a ton ton we could talk about with you. Um, I guess tell us what's next for Milk Crate and what you see as the biggest opportunity and challenge ahead. Mm, I love that. So this fall, I mean, we we're really excited about launching the new website. We it kind of incorporates everything that we've learned over the last year and a half after pivoting to this you know engagement platform for large groups, and now now it's all about launching it with more diverse clients, getting that data, seeing how we can fine tune the experience so that 
everything from a, a corporate client to a nonprofit to a school real estate group that Mill Crate can can serve all of them uh, equally well in, in hitting their impact goals. Um, and we actually just brought on a couple more staff members, so we've been growing. Excellent. And, and it's, yeah, it's been it's been really wonderful, kind of growing the company and becoming more and more of a CEO and not a CEO and five other things. <laughs> exactly. All of the hats. We're sure you yeah. still still wear multiple. Morgan Berman, founder and CEO of My Milk Crate. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Be sure to check that out. You're listening to Dollars and Change. We'll be back shortly with another great conversation. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.